you're listening to episode 26 of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. On today's episode, I am your host, Sean Brown. We have Ty Fisher joining us. Ty Fisher is the CEO of Rebuku. If you guys don't know what Rebuku is, they are the photo editing and retouching service that so many photographers use when they have a job that either they don't have the ability to do or they just don't have the time to do. And Ty has put together an incredible team of retouchers and portrait artists that allow you to be confident in sending out your work because I know how scary it can be when you are looking to outsource something. And in today's episode, what we're really going to talk about and dive into is how Ty went from being a photographer to a CEO by really adhering to his mission behind Rebuku, which is to allow photographers to free themselves from the computer in search of finding time for what they love. And by adhering to that, that's what Ty has been able to do for his own life. And today's episode is really when we're going to dive into why Rebuku was started, the power of saying no, how Ty figured out how to say no, and why that's so important giving yourself back the time to do what you love, and ultimately finding happiness and understanding what it takes to find happiness in life because that's something that everybody deserves and really why we all start a business is to be happy and to do what we love. But sometimes we get bogged down in the minute and minuscule tasks rather than really looking at the bigger picture. And so we're going to dive into that today with Ty. So thank you for joining us. Episode 26 of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast with Ty Fisher. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast on this Monday morning. I am your host, Sean Brown, and today we have Ty Fisher who is joining us. You guys might not know Ty by name, but you've probably heard of Rebuku, which is an all around kind of photographer's um, you know, lifesaver when it comes to all things that you guys need to do in terms of outsourcing editing. It is a kind of a full-fledged service that photographers can use, whether they have to, you know, do cutouts of images or retouching or whatever. We're going to let Ty cover all the stuff that Rebuku does, but we're super excited to have him on here and just hear his story about how Rebuku got started and then everything else that you guys want to know about Ty and, and how he got involved with um, this all to start and kind of his journey along the way. So what a warm welcome to you, Ty. Well, thank you, Sean. I look forward to, uh, to the show with you. I, I'm excited to be on here and, uh, I've got a, yeah, I've got a, quite a story to tell you, I'm sure. <laughs> We're excited. So let's start with that story. How did you get into photography or, you know, start to, to found Rebuku and all that stuff? Sure. So 2006, I had a nonprofit, uh, it was, uh, it was work with children in photography. And we actually, um, we held exhibits all around the world. Uh, we were uh, basically teaching children how to, if they have dreams and they want to aspire, and how to channel those dreams and ideas and inspirations through a camera. And then we would take their pictures, have them juried by a professional jury, and then we would put on these elaborate exhibits and the children would be there to talk about their exhibits to the crowd. And then they would silent auction their work and then they would get to keep the commissions off oh, wow. of that, showing that their hard work actually paid off. Yeah. And I was still learning at that time the fundamentals of, of camera. 
and uh, wasn't really into photographing people or anything like that. I was all into abstract textures, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 2000, I was still working a full-time job. I had worked in the uh, beverage industry for over 20 years, and I was still in that industry. And in 2010, our, our business shut down. It was eliminated, or actually 2009. And at that time, I was starting to progress into the portrait world. Uh, between 2007, 2009, I was starting to learn how to take pictures of people and sure. really trying to find what I enjoyed, which was high school seniors, much like you do. Yeah. And I founded Fishing Photography, which were uh, my two studios that I had for 10 years. Uh, we photographed specifically seniors. We did do some sessions with families, uh, but mainly seniors. And what I found from that was I loved it but I was killing myself, you know? And I was realizing the only time I make money is when I'm photographing and all the other work is just work I'm doing that's it's costing me more to be doing myself than trying to figure out how to put together some type of workflow where I can offset that work, anything that I call behind the computer. Yep. And so that behind the computer work, I wanted to create a workflow which eventually became Rebuku or so that people could have the ability to just photograph. Yeah. They could literally not be behind the computer because I, I found that was where I spent my nights and my early mornings and I wasn't seeing my family and I was missing things on the weekend and I was exhausted. And frankly, I was just kind of burnt out. Yeah. You know, about three and a half, four years into that, I was just really burnt out. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to put together with a team of people uh, an idea for Rebuku. And I wanted to create a great product at a great price. Something that photographers could say, you know what, I can easily offset these costs into my packages or services. I don't have to worry about it. It's no-brainer cost. And I can go on to either A, make more money or spend time with my family or whatever I wanted to do. And, and that's really where that started to birth from. Yeah. Well, I think your story is so like all the other photographers that I, that I talked to where, you know, during their, their busy season, they're working 80, 90 hour weeks sometimes yeah. and they're not seeing their family. And you know, if that goes on for three, four months, that's, you know, that's a lot of time away from your family and stress on your relationships. So um, it almost sounds like that was kind of a mission behind Rebuku was to free photographers up, allow them extra time, be able to spend time doing the stuff that they want to do. And ultimately the stuff that they love, which is photographing versus all the behind the computer work. Absolutely. And, and you know, during that period of probably 2012 to 2015, um, the word outsource was kind of not known. Um, people didn't really understand the idea behind it, especially it was, it was being more done in the wedding industry, but not in the portrait industry. Yeah. But it was really a re-education for the photographer to understand to say, hey, look, this is where you make your money. You, you make it behind the lens. I'm basically what a lab was to a film photographer. Mm -hmm. you know, film photographers, they never process their work they'd take their roll of film, they'd send it to the lab, and they'd be done. 
Yeah. They wiped their hands of it. And that's how they made their money. You know, they were able to take on more and more photography gigs based on the fact that they had more time. Once digital came in, we all thought we were digital artists <laughs> and we're not, you know, you're either, you know, there are, there are a slight few in this world that are able to be a, an amazing photographer and an amazing digital artist. But for the most part, when your mindset is into photography, you don't really take the time to learn all the ins and outs and how to create quick actions and et cetera, et cetera, for your workflow on the post-production side. And that's really what we're here for, is to alleviate you of all that nonsense and, and provide you a better lifestyle. Totally. Um, so, Rebuku, you guys do all sorts of things. You do retouching. You do, you know, photo cutouts if people are doing those right. sports collages and all that stuff. So, what's kind of the range of services just for people listening so they know kind of what you guys do as kind of that editing, full-fledged editing service? Sure. So, so we've got retouching. Uh, we have several services of retouching, and we have image extraction, which you, you spoke on. Uh, with our re- we also do book design, uh, sports banner design, and color correction. And with our retouching, our book design, and our sports banner design, we provide free online proofing. And the reason we do this is because I know, I'm a photographer, you're a photographer, we're all <laughs> yep. kind of control freaks, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, so it's hard to give up your work and expect somebody to do it the way you would do it. And, and technically, we, we don't do it the way you do it specifically. But by providing you that proof, we've kind of put the power back in your hand to say, hey, how are these images looking? Are, you know, are we hitting the points that you want us to hit? So we want them to feel comfortable with the fact that, hey, here's free proofing. You know, try us. If you like it, you see this works. We're here for you. We have no membership fees, no minimum orders. You can order one image, you can order a thousand. But I believe, you know, what I found with me, because I did test my two studios for at least three years through Rebuku, it becomes addictive. You can send your orders up at the end of the day and you can go home and the next day or the day after that, you've got your stuff, you're ready to go and you move on. And that's how your life should work with in the photography world. Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, I was talking to you a little bit beforehand where it was, you know, I've been in business for six years now and it really took me about four and a half to five to get to the point where I said to myself, I need to figure out systems in place because if I ever want to scale and I also want to keep my sanity, I need to figure out something to something to do and that's kind of you know when the whole outsourcing editing thing came on and now it's outsourcing video production to an extent for my own brand and um so what do you say to photographers that are kind of on the fence where you know they've been in business a few years and they they want to keep that control of the the creative process throughout what do you say to those photographers that are they want to get off the fence but they're still on i i think that i think it's twofold i think there's two ways to look at that First of all, if you're completely happy, you're doing the amount of business you want to be doing, you love your editing, I totally get that. But if you're looking to scale and um, grow monetarily, there's only one of you. And how far can you be stretched? You can only do so much if you're taking on all the work. 
you know, you can hire a retoucher and that's great. Some people do that. But here's the thing that's, that is about us that's different. We don't call in the sick to work. We don't bring drama to the workplace. We're just going to do your work and we're going to send it back. That's it. For photographers that are trying to keep it all for themselves, I would say, you know what? If you can do it for five years and still keep your sanity, I applaud you. Because it does take a toll on you, physically and mentally. It will take a toll if you're trying to control all of your work. If you look at, let's say, the majority of the top photographers out there, let's, let's say the top 10% who are speaking, educating, etc. None of them are doing their own retouching. The majority of these people are out there and what they are doing is they are marketing, they are branding, they are shooting, they are doing the things they love and that they feel confident in. And the thing that they know isn't really maximizing their brand or their capital, they're delegating that off to other people. Whether it be someone answering the phone for them, someone doing their post-production. All those little ancillary things are things that will never do anything but take time away from you. It's never going to save you money. I've had so many photographers tell me, well, I save money by doing my own retouching and not paying you. No, you're actually spending an average of $250 an hour to be behind the computer because that's about the average cost a photographer charges on a session per hour when he's out shooting. If you're taking that hour and putting it behind the computer, it's a $250 loss. So if you're sending me 35 images to retouch for $70, you've actually saved $180 and you're going to make 250 on another shoot. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's something that took me a little while to wrap my head around. And then all of a sudden I did the math and it's like, holy cow, you know, I can set out, I can send out an entire year's worth of clients and I only have to book like maybe one, two additional seniors to you know, cover those costs for the entire year, and yeah. now all of a sudden you you gain a tremendous amount of time back, and um, I think it's throwing it all the way back to like episode three with Nate Grahek from uh, Sticky Albums, where he's he told, mine, yeah, yeah, great, great guy, and he talks about uh, photographers kind of releasing those tasks and building assets versus. Um, what he calls assets. So, you know, whether that be a lead magnet or something that will continually help your business with those hours versus sitting at a desk where, you know, those editing hours are just lost hours ultimately. Absolutely. And, and I mean, we're all business people and we're self-employed, right? So here's the things we have to consider. How are we going to retire? You know, what are we doing to maximize our income at this point? Because you've got to be able to set up your own retirements. Yeah. Look, People are not buying studios these days. You know, they're going to wait for you to go out of business and they're going to set up a studio next to you. There's nothing here to buy that's tangible. Unless you're a big volume outfit that's got some serious contracts that are guaranteed, that's really the only leverage you have to negotiate any type of sale of a studio these days. Totally. Therefore, if you're going to maximize your years in the business and your capital, you have to be thinking about these things, not photo, not editing people or working behind the computer or figuring out how to save more money by being tied up at your desk. It, it doesn't work. 
Yeah. And I'm victim to that. I'm only saying this. I'm not discrediting what people are doing. I'm victim to it. It took me, you know, a few years. And I worked in logistics and workflow for over 20 years. So it took me a few years to finally say, okay, this industry for me, the standard doesn't work. Yeah. Because it's, it's eating me. And it's, I'm not capitalizing monetarily on this. So I had to rewrite that workflow. And that's, in essence, where Rebuku came from. Exactly. Um, what do you say to people that struggle with time management? Because I think that ultimately kind of boils down to, to a time management issue or a um, thing where people don't know how to properly allocate their time. If they're spending four hours behind the computer with stuff that could be done by somebody else, those are four hours that you're not really spending in other ways that might be more beneficial to your business. Yeah, I think, I think the one thing that um, I see a lot with a lot of studios is they fail to set up real hours. You know, they do not have actual office hours and photography hours. And they do not have their client base set up as to a calendar and making sure that those people are paying a deposit up front to be secured on that calendar. So one thing I encourage clients or, or photographers to do, clients of mine, photographers, um, is to set up real office hours. Look, you would, I know we're on real talk. I've got my dog. <laughs> For those of you who are listening on the podcast, you can't see his little dog running around. my dog's in the background and they just bark. So anyway, you don't ask a doctor to come in on Saturday and take a look at you, you know? So you get so many times a client calling saying, hey, can you just come over on Sunday and take care of this photography for us, this family picture? You need to set up barriers and you need to be able to say no to that. You need to say, these are my office hours. When I had my studios, we shot Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We, we were in the office Tuesday and Thursday. The office was closed at five and we didn't photograph weekends. And by setting up those barriers, I knew that I had to maximize the amount of time I had with clients in my shooting days and whatever work I needed to get done on my two office days. Mm -hmm. But I needed to walk away. Too many times our offices are set up right outside our bedroom and we feel we can just come down and start working in the middle of the night or, and once you kind of get into that mindset, it bleeds over into everything else. So you're not setting up any real hours where you can maximize how many clients you're going to photograph. And you also need to have goals. You need to know, okay, how much do I want to make this month? How many clients do I need to photograph in this month to, to hit that goal? Setting up these little goals is what a real business is about. And unfortunately, self-employment doesn't come with a manual. You know, it doesn't tell you how to set up your, your operation instructions and your human resource instructions. But by listening to enough people who are basically echoing the same thing that I've been saying for years, if you really start to take that to heart and setting this up, you will find this can be a fun world. There's no problem with shooting less and making more. There's no problem with wanting to get rich in this world. And I say that because people, they don't value their self-worth. They, they undercut their pricing because they're not confident in who they are as a photographer, as a salesperson, as a business person. And I believe confidence is the number one thing in this business that, that separates everyone 
from the 10 to 15 plus year studios to the five and out because five and out is, is, is typical, you know, about five years in, a lot of people are rolling out. And I think confidence plays well into that because people are not willing to set barriers. They're not willing to set office hours and they don't believe in their product and their pricing enough to ask for a higher price. And if you can, if you can, rework your mindset and realize, look, I've got clients who want the work I do. They must think I'm good. Then I should think I'm good, right? So I need to start setting my prices to the point where I'm not shooting as much, but I'm shooting what I love to shoot and I'm making good money at it. How do, um, no, I completely agree. Um, how do people find their self-worth? You know, that's a, gosh, that's like the Dalai Lama question of the day. I, I wish I had the answer for, for me, I found I was just tired. You know, I was like, okay, I could shoot 300 sessions a year and make this much, or I could cut that to 150 yeah. and make just as much or more if I just believed in myself. And I think it really does come down, you got to be upset. You've got to be frustrated enough with your workflow, with your business, that you've got to take control. And I think at that point, when you're willing to take control, the confidence starts to come in. Because look, if you're shooting that many sessions a year, everybody else already believes in you. Everybody. You're doing everything right, except you're not treating yourself right. And, and I believe it really comes down to you have to be excuse my language, pissed off enough to grab the reins of your business and become confident. Yeah. You know, it's, it's confidence. Some people are born with it. Some people it's trial by fire. And I, I just, I wish I had the, the, the direct answer, but I, from what I've seen and from the studios that I set up in the past, I just, I've met so many people that are in there, mid forties to late sixties that are like, you know, we're tired. We've been doing this and we're not getting ahead and we're shooting so much, but we're not getting ahead. And when you start looking at their pricing structure and everything else, there, there's not even enough money there to put a savings away. Yeah. And that is mistreating yourself. And, and you've got to treat yourself right in order to also treat others. You know, absolutely. So, um, one of the things that I really think are, is important to touch on too is where you said you, you need to learn to say no. So ha, why do people need to find that power to say no? Because it's just like, it's human instinct. You give someone, I, I hate to use the cliche term, an inch, they're going to take a mile. Yeah. And you are always saying, well, I can do this. I can be there on Saturday. Well, I'll just meet you here. That's not a problem. The more you continue to say that, the more it's going to happen to you. And the more you're going to find, well, I miss my son's baseball practice because I needed to go over here and photograph this girl because she couldn't be here on another day. You need to be able to say, these are my priorities. Me, my family, whatever your priorities are. And the only way you can protect that is by saying no to the things that are going to obstruct and, and honestly, people are okay with it. If you give them an alternative option, 
they're generally okay with it. But you've got to be okay with saying no. And I'm sure you have found this out in your own business. Absolutely. It took me a while to figure out, but once you do, it changes. Yeah, and that's the thing. There's enough businesses in the past that have already done what I'm talking about. It's not like I'm making this up out of the air. It's a proven workflow. It's a proven pattern. If you can say these things, if you can do these things, if you can be these things, it works. So the ground has already been laid for everyone from guys back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s shooting mass weddings and portraits on film. Those are the guys I respect and look up to because they're the ones that set the road for us. All we got to do is follow that game plan. You know, we don't need to make our own. Follow that game plan, be confident, and say no. And you can set yourself up for a lot of years in this business. And you can take on more work. You know, you've probably been able to take on, you talk a little bit about your sports work. By offsetting some of your workflow, that's probably allowed you to do some more of the things that you're doing with your sports work. Totally. Because if you were doing it all, I don't know how you would handle all that. Yeah, it gets busy. And I mean, it's, it's like you said, it frees up time by saying no, by learning that you can't do everything in a business. Um, no major corporation is doing it with one employee. It takes, you, yeah. have, to, you have to outsource, you have to hire employees. Um, and yeah, like you said, it just it frees up time and it frees up that fr it frees you up to do things that you want to do ultimately. And, and again, I realize that what I'm talking about is not for everyone. I realize there are select people out there that love to just photograph and edit and they're in their sweet spot. Uh -huh. They don't want to grow anymore. They don't want to do anymore. They're really happy. And really all it comes down to is your happiness. Totally. What makes you happy? Are you in a business right now that you're really happy with? Yeah. Do you feel good about it? And if you are, by all means, stay there, yeah. please, because you're, you're in a place so many people want to be, you know? But if you're facing these, these same adversities that you and I are discussing, the only way it's going to change is for you to start now. I mean, we are... You can watch all the webinars you want. You can go to all the conferences you want. But unless you make the change, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, let's talk about happiness a little bit. Yeah. What's, what's your personal key to, to staying happy? Well, for me, it's funny because I honestly thought that I was, I'm very much an introvert. And when I got into this business, I quickly got into education and teaching, and I had to become this extrovert. And I'll be very real here. Um, I wasn't comfortable in that limelight, that space. And for me, I've always liked to be kind of on the outside, not in that same – just – I like to be private. I'm a very private person. So for me, my happiness is being able to be a vendor to photographers now. I'm still doing photography, but it's private, it's creative, it's personal, and it's things that I want to do. And, and allowing me to be a vendor to other photographers, it allows me to be in the industry. It allows me to help thousands of photographers around the country. And it also gives me my private time to go off and do the things that I love to do creatively, whether it be for income or just for the sheer joy of doing it. 
And, and that's, that's really what my happiness is, is kind of maintaining my privacy and being with my, my wife, my, my dogs, my kids. Um, and honestly, one of the reasons I started Rebuku was so I could be mobile. You know, it's allowed me to travel a lot. It's allowed me to have more off time to go do the things I want to do. Look, we all have dreams and ideas and goals that we want to do. And, you know, I'm in that second chapter of my life where I'm trying to achieve those things that I want to do, whether it's travel or whether it's personal photography or artwork. Those are kind of, that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah. Um, what are you obsessed with besides photography? Automotive cars high-end cars yeah that's my big thing um I'm, I'm big into cars uh me and my wife both belong to a kind of an exotic car club here in uh, ohio and uh, they do meets every month uh we love to get out and go to those we love to just get out and drive our cars that's that's really what i love i, I love automotive and i love photography yeah yeah did you ever think about a time that you tried to merge the two or was it always kind of a separate thing? And it, it was a separate thing. Uh, you are touching on something I am working on. Yes. I, I am working on merging the two. Um, but the funny thing is, you know, I look at every genre of photography very seriously. Um, before I became a portrait photographer, I photographed senior portraits for almost two years with no income because I didn't feel I was qualified to charge anyone. And right now I am literally taking online classes and learning how I want to do my automotive photography. And I'll do that probably for, you know, another six months or so, and then start turning it into a personal business, bringing the two together. Yeah. But I'm only doing that on a client to client basis. It's not something I'm looking to do in mass. Sure. Yeah. Um, you mentioned kind of that education aspect. What do you think about the importance of continuing education and how have you seen it help you personally in the past? Oh yeah. Wow. Well, I can tell you, um, I can remember sitting in, do you know Travis Googleman? I don't know. Okay. Travis Googleman back in the probably 2000, well, at least from my perspective, 2010 to 2015 era, he was killing it in photography, okay? Senior photography. Have you heard of a conference named SYNC? I have, yeah. Okay. Well, me and my wife had attended the, that conference for the first time, scared to death, didn't know anyone, saw all these big-name photographers. <laughs> felt like, oh, my God. And uh, I can remember sitting in on his class. And it, I can't really say what the words were that he spoke, but I can tell you I took more notes in that class than I've ever taken. And I literally went home and built an entire action plan around everything he spoke of in that class. And it literally changed my business. It changed how I photographed. It started me in in-person sales. It started the whole process of me actually generating real income, substantial income. And I think education is very important, but here's what I have found. Education without utilization is just worthless. Yeah. And what I see so many times, look, there is a conference, a webinar, 365 days a year on photography. 
it is one of the most, most educated markets I've ever been in industries. But if you're not taking one, two points from it and utilizing something from that, it's totally worthless. And I see that time and time again, where people will literally take books full of notes. They get home from the conference. They were amped when they were there. They get home, they throw it up on a shelf. Nothing ever gets done with it. That's my biggest beef right now. It, it, and that, that's where it comes to confidence. It's also about procrastination. Education is amazing. There's an amazing amount of education, as I've already spoke of, in this industry. But you don't need to write 30 notes from an event. Grab three points that you know you can go home and utilize within that week. Within that week that you get home and set that timeline while you're at that conference. Put it on your calendar. I'm going to do this on Monday. This is going to be done by Wednesday. This is going to be done by Friday. That week's done. I have completed those three goals. That's what you have to do. I love education, but I, again, I see too much of it being underutilized. Because what everybody is teaching in this market is sustaining the industry, keeping price points at a certain level, in-person sales, properly using off-camera flash, properly using the camera. That's what sustains and builds this industry. But it's us as the photographer, if we're not utilizing that information timely and properly, it's worthless. I think I completely agree with you, especially on the point where, you know, so many times I hear about people coming to conferences and they say, well, I still haven't implemented what I learned last year. And, you yeah. know, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's go time. So aside from, you know, setting those deadlines, kind of like you talked about, how do you get people to kind of get that kick in the pants where they come back and actually start implementing you know, again, I think it comes down to, are you, are you frustrated enough? Are you, and I know frustrated is probably not the right term to use, but are you? Are you upset enough that you have done a disservice to your business, to your personal self? You've been given all this information that you paid for. These conferences aren't free, and they're not free to travel to. You've paid for all this. Are you upset enough to say, you know what, it's time for me to make a change? But again, I believe people go there, they get super excited, and they take way too many notes. Yeah. I think if you can hit on, let's say you've got five speakers at a conference, if you can hit on two points from each speaker that you see, and you can set up a one-month timeline to have those utilized while you're at the conference, I think you're set. I also think it's good to have a partner who's holding you accountable. You know, we, we all, there's a lot of people that know each other in this industry. And a lot of photographers are good friends with other photographers. And me, do you know Blair Phillips? No. Okay, Blair's down in North Carolina, great photographer. You're just giving me people to look up after the, the podcast. Well, he, he used to run a, an amazing portrait. He's moved over into volume and he runs an amazing volume business down in North Carolina. But I remember talking to him at one of our conferences and, I, and we were speakers there, but I looked at him and I said, will you be my accountability partner? He's like, what do you mean? I said, dude, I need to be held accountable for some things, and I know you do too. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. And so we did that for a while. We would hold each other accountable on the things we said we needed to do to make sure that they were done. So I think it's a good idea if you have a good friend in this industry, make them your accountability partner. Make it a once a week, you know, Skype meeting. 
that you're you're talking for 20 minutes did you get this stuff in place and again it's got to be on you to say we're going to do that and, and i think those are some good ways for that to happen for that education to be utilized and i'm not saying you need to go to a conference every year and get more information but i'm saying the information you do have make sure you're putting it to use yeah absolutely um I want to hear a little bit more about kind of Rebuku and uh, looking back, what's one story that kind of stands out to you about somebody who um, maybe they just came to you and it just, they tell you the story about how it's really just changed their business and, and given them, you know, more well, freedom or whatever. You know what, actually, I wish you were at trade shows with me. Um, if you had a camera, you would see that I end up hugging more people than I do talking. And it's because they have, they understand the validity behind Rebuku. Don't get me wrong. We make mistakes on orders. We, we make them right. We do our best. We are a company. We have our ins and outs, our ups and downs. But for the most, you know, for the most part, we are a damn good, reputable company. And we truly care about making sure we can do things right. For you. And I have so many customers who come up and bring people with them and say, these are the people that have saved my life. These are the people that have allowed me time to do the things that I want to do. These are the people that have allowed me to make more money because I can take more sessions. And I, it's honestly, it's more of a family reunion for me than it is a trade show because it's, it's wonderful to see that something that you believe could help yourself could also help others and watch it come to fruition. And, and that's really what Rebuku has done. It's, it's became this almost life support system of its own that people rely on to make sure that they can offset all that work and go do whatever they want with their life. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I know, how old are you, Sean? Uh, 24. Okay. I'm twice your age. <laughs> so my perspective of life and your perspective of life are totally different. But you'll know once you start getting into that late 30s, early 40s, time is of the essence. You know, we cannot. And for me, I, I literally think about it daily. What can I do in my day that I enjoy? Because every day is going by. Every week is going by. Life is getting shorter. And it's not worth wasting it on things that, frustrate you or tire you or exhaust you even not in this industry any industry you're doing a job you don't want to be doing you shouldn't be doing it it's you're not going tomorrow's not going to be a better day because you're still doing the same workflow mm -hmm. so it's going to be the same end result day in day out you truly can change that end result if you change it but it's got to be up to you to say, you know what, today I'm going to start using a post-production company. I'm going to start with some retouching. I'm going to send it out. I'm going to see how it is. If it works for me, I'm going to start feeding it more. And then I'll start looking at their other services. And I'm going to take those costs and I'm going to offset them in my print and product so it doesn't cost me a dime. And I'm going to live my life. Yeah. And that's the change you have to make. 
you kind of talked about being in kind of that, that second chapter of your life. What do you feel like is next for you personally? Personally, uh, I move out West. We're looking to move out West sometime here in the next four to five years. Um, some personal artwork, as I said, I'm working on some new photography and I would like to, um, eventually do some gallery work as well. I had done some in the past, way back in some of my art years. And I think I want to get more just really into the personal end of art. You know, I've done businesses in two different ways. I've done businesses where I did it for the love of it and the money followed. And I did business basically for the money and the love never followed. And I got out of it. And if there's one thing you can do in life that I'm learning and I've learned, this is Rebuku is probably my eighth business I've owned and operated. Do it for the love. Mm -hmm. Don't do it for the money. Do it for the love and the business will grow exponentially. But the minute it starts to all become about money, it's over because it's not about you. It's not your passion anymore. It's not your desire. Now, I'm not saying that all passions can be turned into monetarily. You've got to have some business sense and you've got to have some people supporting you in your, you know, outsourced companies like Rebuku. But do it for the love and do it for the passion and your business will grow exponentially because people will see your, what you're doing inside your work. They will see how much you love doing what you do and they'll want to be a part of it. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. I, a little bit about my background real quick is, you know, I went to to college with the intention of being a doctor. I graduated with a degree in biochemistry and um, it was always one of those things where it was, you know, I I think that I could have been a good doctor, but it wasn't what I ultimately felt like I wanted to do. And I think that it speaks to that love of photography where I just kind of, you know, put two feet in um, my junior year of college and, you know, two years later, I'm going into it full time because it grew exponentially because it was what I loved and it was what I was passionate about. So I think that that speaks so much truth to what you just said right there. It, it does because, you know, I, to go back even further, an opposite end of your story where you were going on to be a doctor, I was actually going to art school and I got out of it for a multitude of reasons. But one of the biggest reasons was I didn't feel I was worthy enough that I could do anything with it. And I had too many people chirping in my ears, like, what are you going to do with art? You know, and that's where that confidence plays in. And at that time of my life, I didn't have the skill set to, to just move forward and continue pursuing that. I fell play to that. And I, I, I walked out of college. I literally walked out the door, never went back took a, a job, worked that job for almost 20 years of my life. It was a great education in business, but 20 years of my life was spent doing something I really didn't want to do. Yeah. You know, I really didn't. And I can't get that back. And now I'm at a point in my life where I'm adamant about doing the things that I want to do with my life. And I'll figure out the money one way or another. I'm not worried about that. And it's not because I'm sitting on a mound of it. It's because I believe in myself enough to know if I love something enough, 
that I can make money at. Um, kind of as we wrap up this episode, what is one or one or two lessons that you've learned that you want every photographer or creative out there to know? Yeah. Wow. Well, a couple things I'd like you to know. You're not alone. We all have been in your boat. We've all been at that point where, and there are some out there right now who are probably looking to get out or quit because they're tired. Um, they don't feel good about their work. And here's the thing you need to know. And, and I think you can relate to this very well. Your work only gets better when you're inspired by other things. And you have to have the time to be free to go get inspired. And if you don't have the time, if your business has encompassed all of you, and you can't get away from it. I, I, I beg of you to find a way to get re-inspired, to step back, take a deep breath, delegate your workload, start it slow, figure it out, and get re-inspired because that's what's going to elevate your work. And here's the other thing. First year self-employment businesses, over 70% of them go out of business. In five years, the next over 70% of those go out of business. If you can make it past five years, which you can, you're doing so much better than the rest of this world. But you've got to have systems and workflows in place for the business so that you can be you. And so that you can continue. The business doesn't own you, you own the business. And it's got to stay that way. That business should never define who you are as a person. You need to go be your person. You need to explore life. You need to be with your family. You need to enjoy the things you do because those are the things that make us want to work harder. It's not work that makes us want to work harder. It's the things that we enjoy in life and we want to do in life that makes us work harder. A hundred percent. Those are my two cents. I love it. Where can people connect with you on social, online, all that stuff? I am literally off of Facebook. <laughs> I've been off of Facebook for almost seven months because it is a time suck. So you can find me on Instagram at Ty Fisher. It's T-Y-F-I-S-C-H-E-R. You can find us at Rebuku at Rebuku.com. Um, and that's pretty much where you're going to find me. If you want to email me some questions, my email is Ty, T-Y at Rebuku, R-E-B-O-O-K-U.com. More than happy to field any questions that people may have and um, or just want to get some things off their chest. I'm here. I get it. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, we'll also link it up in the show notes if you're listening to the podcast comment section or the detail section in the YouTube uh, show. I always like to wrap up and give our guests a chance to ask the audience a question. So if you guys are listening to the podcast, take a quick screenshot, tag, tie, um, at Ty Fisher and then at Rebuku. Also tag at Senior Style Guide and at Sean Brown Productions so that we can make sure that we answer your question uh, or at least see what your answer is and then also just give you some love for, for listening to the podcast and allowing us to, to have the opportunity to be in your ears for you know those 45 minutes or so. So um, Ty, what do you want to ask our, our viewers and our watchers? What is your goal for 2019? Where do you see yourself and where do you want to be? 
Perfect. That's a great wrap up. So yeah. awesome. Ty, it was, a, it was a pleasure having you on here today. I think that um, there's something for everybody and I applaud you for, for being a little bit real with us and, and kind of digging into what you have learned as a business owner and, um, and really, I think opening up people's eyes to, you know, not only the power of saying no, but also um, giving, you know, yourself the freedom to, to do what you want to do. So well, Sean, thank you for providing the platform, having me on the show. I am so excited. I finally got to meet you. Um, Likewise. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations. Good luck out in Portland and uh, with everything. And if I can do anything to be of help, please let me know. Awesome. I appreciate it. Well, until next time, we'll see you guys on the next That wraps it up for this episode of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. We are so excited that you guys are joining us and just want to say a heartfelt thank you. I know that there are so many podcasts out there that you guys have the option to listen to, and it really means the world that you're joining us and giving us a part of your day and really just joining in on part of the conversation and, and the community. In addition, make sure that you guys are joining us over on Facebook in the Senior Style Guide group over there, where photographers from all throughout the country contribute, give their input and their advice and their experiences to help other photographers learn and grow. We'd love for you to join us over there as well. So all you have to do is search Senior Style Guide on Facebook, ask to be added to the group, and we'll make sure that you guys get to be a part of the conversation over there. If you haven't had a chance to hit that subscribe button below, please take a second to do that really quick. What that does is it makes sure that you guys keep up to date on all of the content that we're putting out there. We have tons of Real Talk episodes coming to you guys throughout the year from leaders and other photographers that you would love to hear from. So we want to make sure that you do not miss a single episode of that. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. Thank you guys for joining us and we cannot wait to have you as part of the listening experience for future podcasts. Looking forward to seeing you guys on the next episode and we'll see you around.